<clears throat> and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in and listening in. Dr. Jacqueline, back, uh, Dr. Jacqueline Battalore is back with us uh, again today. Uh, she is the author of Birth of a White Nation, The Invention of White People and Its Relevance Today. She is an anti-racist writer, an attorney, and a professor of sociology and criminal justice at St. Xavier University in Chicago. Welcome back, the doctor. Thanks. Glad to be back, Philippe. Well, we're going to be talking about today, we're going to talk about Bacon's Rebellion and how Bacon's Rebellion was a catalyst, if you will, uh, for the invention of white people. That's exactly right. So where yep. do we begin? Uh, well, I guess, you know, Nathaniel Bacon, who, who is this guy? Uh, and uh, why was he such a big deal uh, that he altered uh, the history of this country and then subsequently the world? Absolutely. Well, um, Nathaniel Bacon was actually among the um, el- elite. I don't think he was um, among the wealthiest of the elite, but he was actually um, – within circles of decision makers in the colony of um, Virginia. Mm. What happened to feed his break with the elite is that he was disturbed by the fact that so many of the people in the colony were struggling and a a very few were actually doing extremely well off of the um, lives and the labor um, of the masses. So that was one thing that was disturbing him. The other thing that was perhaps um, even more significant to cause his break with the elite was that um, a few of the neighboring um, colonists from Europe were were killed, and he believed it was tribal people who had killed them. And he was really angered by the fact that the ruling elite refused to take decisive and violent um, action against the tribal people. Um, and so he wanted to, um, to, to strike the, the tribal people. And in fact, the first phase of the rebellion involved doing just that. So he struck against the, the, the tribal community, the native uh, community. That's uh, exactly right. That was hostilely taken over in the first place. Exactly. Uh, exactly. That's just, we're trying to, you know, yep. it's so many layers of trying to normalize this, and it ain't, ain't a damn thing normal in the whole conversation. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, and you know, so, the thing- like, okay, I'm gonna kill everybody, I'm take the country, and then, uh, oh, you shouldn't, re- you shouldn't uh, be upset retaliate. about retaliate. I shouldn't retaliate. <laughs> right. That's just not right. And so he's upset right. that now these Native Americans are uh, killing the 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 people who killed them and took their land and 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 so on and so forth. Exactly. Exactly. Don't forget, like they had, um, the the British had created an entire sort of story to justify their treatment of um, tribal people. Their Christianity, of course, was their dominant um, faith tradition, and it provided all sorts of resources to help them um, create justifications. Not that they are legitimate justi- justifications, but um, that work to justify their. Um, theft of land and murder uh, of people. And so, I mean, of course, that leads to the question, well, how can any Christian justify murder? Um, And they work to do it by claiming that these people were were savages and heathens. And and in fact, the tribal people should be grateful that the the British have arrived because now they bring the opportunity um, of of Christianity and civilization. 
So that's wow. a very dis- disturbing story. <laughs> wow. Gosh. Wow. You should be very happy that we're here taking over uh, uh, your land uh, and, and killing and raping and maiming and we have to just mm-hmm. that in the name of Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's, that's really crazy. Okay. So, yep. so Nathaniel Bacon uh, now is retaliating against the Native Americans because he's upset that um, his social structure, his, his, his peers, uh, are not equally as upset and, and equally re- retaliative. Uh, to, That's exactly to, to right. Okay. Okay. Right. But well, you know what? So how does I, I it, want, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Well, I just wonder if um, I want to make sure we're setting a context for, for our, the listeners. Um, and, and if I may, I'll take a couple minutes to do that. Um, yes, it, what's important for, for us to recall at this time is that through the, through the, first three quarters of the 1600s um, of the British colonies, persons, free persons of African descent had the same rights and privileges as a matter of law as did a free person of British descent. And, and so to make that more concrete, that means that persons of free, free men of African descent could vote, and they did. They could run for public office. Um, they could marry a person of the opposite sex regardless of her um, nation of origin, and they did. Um, so, so it's really important to, uh, to understand that part of this picture before we start digging into Bacon's Rebellion itself. So, so the social context uh, was one where this thing that today we were, refer to as the color of your skin Mm-hmm. Um, and today we know that the color of one's skin translates into very different experiences in, in the social world. That simply um, wasn't true during that period. Now, there is a significant um, area where there was um, unequal treatment, and that is the fact that um, persons of African descent were able to be enslaved. Persons of European descent, British law did not. Um, allow for their enslavement. So, and that, you know, that's, that's significant. And I don't, that we always need to make sure that that's not lost. It's not like I, I, on the one hand, I want to paint a picture so that people realize free men of African descent had the same rights as free Europeans, uh, men at that time, but there, not everything across the board was completely equal. And the fact that persons of African descent e- even could be enslaved humans um, is, a, is a significant difference. So we can't lose that. Mm, interesting. So everyone could, could uh, vote. Uh, everyone could uh, uh, own indentured servants uh, and slaves uh, at, this, at this time. Is that right? Well, they, some of those shifted in and out. Let me be specific about that. With regard to voting, um, they, I can't remember the exact date. I believe um, it preceded um, Bacon's Rebellion, but they, uh, the ruling elite pulled the vote um, and required f- from free men and, and restricted it to only free men who owned property. So that restriction had gone into place before Bacon's Rebellion. Part of what fed the fury among the masses, actually. Um, mm. So, so, so some, you know, they would 
you find restrictions on voting going in and out in terms of law. In fact, sort of an interesting um, piece of information is that, you know, one thing that happened with the Declaration of Independence is that um, in, in the colony of Maryland, their voting was tied with property rights, and they didn't care whether you were male or female. Mm-hmm. So with, with the establishment of the United States of America, women actually lost rights in Maryland um, that they had previously enjoyed, um, specifically the right to vote. Right. Women who could uh, women who own property. <laughs> Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. So, so, so go the, ahead. The context that pre- preceded Bacon's Rebellion was one where free um, persons, uh, free of indenture, free of enslavement, and we know that there were significant numbers um, of freed persons of African descent um, in these colonies. And what we know is that as a matter of law, they shared the same rights and privileges. And and so that's really important for us to understand. Um, The other thing that's important to understand is is something of the um, pressures that were were building and that that helped to give rise to Bacon's Rebellion. Because um, I'll, I'll start to give a list of some of these factors, and I hope that it makes really clear that Nathaniel Bacon he didn't have to look very far to, fi- to find disgruntled um, people within the colony. So mm-hmm. um, here's some, some things to know. Um, first of all, because the population in England um, no longer had an excess, uh, they, they no longer had a population boom, that meant that this ready supply of cheap labor from England was cut off. And so now the large landholders who, who continually need, need replenishment of their labor force are completely panicked because they don't, you know, that, that source has dried up. And so what they start to do is they start to um, pass laws that add significant years to one's term of service for relatively minor infractions. Mm-hmm. And so we start to see these building up. Um, the other the other thing that we see in laws being passed is that those who are indentured and enslaved are facing harsher treatment, not only a, incredible extensions added to their um, terms of labor, but much harsher treatment across the board. Then for those who are lucky enough to complete their term of indenture or to secure their freedom from enslavement, even those folks are having um, a much more difficult time making it. The king has given most of the farmable land to his friends. Um, mm-hmm. Those who, who were capable of purchasing land and starting to farm for themselves found it harder and harder to compete with the large landholders who didn't have to pay their laborers. And the cost of tobacco, which is what everybody um, farmed in both Maryland and Virginia, um, tobacco prices had plummeted and taxes from the crown had increased. And so these are just some. There were even more than that. But you can see that things were really um, difficult. Tensions were high. Um, and Nathaniel Bacon created a, a list of grievances um, that he hung up and, and distributed. And it, he ended up getting... Um, obviously in trouble with the leadership in Virginia and, and it ultimately led to him pursuing this rebellion. And the first half of the rebellion focused on retaliation against tribal people. And, and 
you know, as is so sad and so often the case with Europeans in relationship to tribal people, um, Nathaniel Bacon didn't focus on a particular tribal group that was perhaps most likely to have been involved in the dispute that he um, was upset about. He directed his anger at tribal people, period, um, and mm. engaged in, in, you know, terrible bloodshed. So here we have, uh, it's just uh, one psychopathic uh, uh, story after the next. Mm-hmm. So we start with the, the rebellion uh, against uh, the, with the Native Americans. Um, he's kind of in hot water. Uh, with uh, uh, the elites, uh, and there's basically a boiling point that that has occurred because of all of the uh, issues surrounding, you know, uh, all of the wealth uh, is being attributed to the one percent, and there's absolutely no opportunity to move yourself up uh, and 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 to own land and to have an equal playing field, or, or at least even be in the game, if you will, uh, of, of, of uh, the new economics of that time. Right. So, so Bacon was probably able to get quite a few people, even indentured servants and slaves, to be a part of his rebellion, even uh, though uh, he, uh, uh, he's not their friend. Uh, but, you know, everybody's ticked off, right? So it's my, you know, might as well just go out here and march and protest uh, in a sense. We can kind of see how that happens here today. Um, when did and how did the rebellion uh, move from uh, attack of the Native Americans to uh, a true attack on uh, the 1%? Well, I can give you general parameters there. We know that Bacon's Rebellion lasted um, well over a year, and that the first half of it, so for, for you know, roughly um, seven months, the emphasis was on and the targets were tribal people. And mm-hmm. after the seven-month period, the focus became, um, uh, or the targets of the rebellion's um, military and um, effort and, and anger were uh, the ruling elite. And so they proceeded to ransack um, homes of the, the powerful, the elite, um, to, to burn, uh, mostly to take, you know, go in and, and actually um, remove items of, of value. And so that remained, uh, that sort of action continued until um, ultimately, Britain sent in um, ships with troops, um, and the the rebellion was ultimately quelled. And and also, the other thing it had going against it was that um, fairly early on, I think about three or four months into the rebellion, um, Nathaniel Bacon actually died from wounds that he received. Mm-hmm. So the rebellion, the rebellion um, actually went on without him for a moment. Oh yes, absolutely. And and just as a little piece of interesting history, we do know that the last armed group, um, and I can't, I, I don't recall the size of it, but I do know it, it wasn't insignificant, <laughs> but the last armed group of Bacon's Rebellion, um, you know, was virtually a 50-50 mix of, of persons of European descent and persons of African descent. Mm, that's interesting. 
Okay, that's a nice yeah, bit. isn't it? <laughs> Tidbit of history. So we're, we're basically talking about the people got together and created their own army. That is correct. Uh, uh, at, at, at you know at its at its core, and was going, uh, if you will, door to door to the elites. And uh, were they killing the elites, or were they just robbing the elites? You know what? I'm not. Um, I'm not entirely sure of the human cost. Actually, of I, I know something of it in relation to tribal people, and that um, hundreds and hundreds were killed. Um, I don't know the numbers with regard to um, persons of British descent. From what I've read, um, most of what is discussed is the. Um, less the killing of fellow Europeans, um, not not necessarily fellow, but of Europeans in this um, dispute than the taking of their wealth. Mm, okay, okay. All right, so, so basically they would rob their wealth, which is uh, basically everything that they are. Without that, they're, you know, they're, they're nothing. And so this uh, obviously was a, a successful campaign had the British not uh, uh, involved ships uh, to to end it, uh, this could be a completely different country today. Oh, there is that is absolutely true. The the possibility had Bacon's rebellion not been quashed, um, it is very likely, or, or certainly possible. You know, it's hard to say very likely when it comes to the unknown. Um, mm-hmm. or, or what didn't happen, but what might have happened, um, there are certainly the ingredients for a, a very different social organization. Um, you know, sadly, the part of it that is completely consistent is the, treat, the terrible treatment of tribal people, mm-hmm. um, a very I- elitist, Christo-European-centric um, rationale for it. But with regard to um, class structure and the approach to capitalism, the um, organization of, of humanity um, within the um, soon-to-be U.S. Um, um, states, that could have been very different had Bacon's mm-hmm. Rebellion not been quashed. Well, obviously, um, it was, you know, it was not only was it an army, but, I mean, it was also, it had to be uh, well-organized. Um, to 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 manifest that level of of, of threat uh, and consistently and for an entire year or more, uh, and to be able to go on even without the leader uh, after he died of his injury. Uh, so this right. was this was you know uh, it's almost like an occupation, if you will, if someone you know if if, if a group of Americans mm-hmm. got together and stormed the White House. Uh, and took over the White House for a moment, or at least robbed all of the, you know, the the, the elites and the one percent uh, of of this nation uh, in politics. That would be very significant, and that would be a mil- that would be a military grade assault, uh, and um, it would change the laws, and the response would be overwhelming. Yeah. Well, the the response, but uh, when Bacon's rebellion was. Um, ultimately quashed. Um, what happened was that 
the the response of the ruling elite once they got their their shoes back on uh, was really cruel. Um, they they um, took they imposed fees. People were hung who participated, and and masses of people participated um, in Bacon's rebellion. And uh, they the payments that they took back. Um, from from surrounding communities and people really struggling were um, real um, expression of of cruelty. Mm. So let's talk about some of that that that, that aspects of cruelty. Give us some examples. Hmm. Well, the 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 sheer numbers of people who were um, hung um, for participating in in the rebellion. Um, those who were had all of their um, resources stripped away um, was just significant, and the numbers um, there are also pretty dramatic numbers in terms of um, the it, it gave the ruling elite this justification um, to charge these excessive fees for their participation in um in the work of of being a rule you know participating in the um the ruling of the colony and mm-hmm. so they they passed laws in order to give them these exorbitant fees for every single day that they met that the legal body met and so they had, I mean, that's just like a concrete example of some of the ways in which they grabbed back everything and more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so now what's significant about this rebellion also is that the, they, this was the, the invention of white people. Um, well, the new designation it, of humanity as a result of this. It gave rise to, well, as we can imagine, I think, um, if we put ourselves in the shoes of of the 1% in in the colony of Virginia, um, facing this sort of threat, um, a a rebellion involving um, at at least 30% of the population, um, recall, of course, that, you know, 99% of the population are are, um, in, in a very different tier than the one percent. The one percent of a, the one percent of very small fraction mm-hmm. um, in relation to the masses, and that this this rebellion terrified the ruling elite. And it was it was indeed a significant challenge to what to their wealth building enterprise um, that they had um, been building since their arrival in. Um, in North America. And so what we, yeah, so they were terrified and we know Theodore Allen's work, um, historian Theodore Allen um, digs into these communications between the ruling elite in Virginia and the legal oversight authority of all the British colonies in London. Um, And, and in these communications, he, um, you know, the, the, investors in England are of course threatened and panicked and wanting to you know thinking about you know do we pull out of here let's let's take all of our um, 
goods that we can grab and let's cut our losses. And the the legal oversight authority in Virginia says, no, 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 you know, we, we have a plan. Um, and the plan is one of dividing um, in order to conquer the masses. And, mm. and so w- we learn from that communication that there is about to be um, efforts taken to divide the laborers. <laughs> Pardon me. And it is at this point where we see a slew of laws getting passed that begin to assert this entire new label for a group of humanity that exists nowhere else in law um, Mm -hmm. prior to this moment. And it's this group of people that they have now named white people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in this assertion of this entirely new group of humanity called white people, um, the, the laws that assert white people um, are, are, are giving mean, I mean, it's, I don't, I think because we are so, it is so normative, this idea of white people, um, it is so our norm. It's, I think we really have to try to step back and imagine what it must've been like at this moment to all of a sudden find yourself living in a society where there's this new group of people, um, who are they? What does it mean? Um, am I one? Am I not one? And what are the consequences either way? I mean, truly extraordinary. And we learn um, like these laws. Movie, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it, you know, I mean, like, hey, we're going to come to this planet and we're going to create an entire new race of people. Yeah, this entirely new group of, of humanity um, and, and we know it was a huge success, right? Because it is and remains normative today. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that moment had to be just, you know, pretty extraordinary. But so, so these laws that we start to see emerging in the aftermath of Bacon's rebellion that, that are calling people, and usually in the law it will say British and other white people, um, British and other whites, um, and so they're in, in, and, in and through these laws, they are giving meaning to this group called white people. And what emerges clearly is that these people called white people are presumed to be deserving of rights and privileges from which those excluded from whiteness um, can be denied. And we know from these laws that at least two groups of people are definitely excluded persons of African descent and tribal people. And so that's that society that we talked that, that we talked about where free, free men of African descent and free um, men of British descent facing the same rights and privileges as a matter of law, that um, is completely dismantled with the assertion of, of white people and whiteness mm-hmm. in these laws. And so we, there's laws that are passed that um, uh, prohibit a person of African descent from running, um, holding public office. Um, a person of, um, a, a white person is prohibited from marrying a person of African descent or a member of a native tribe. Um, 
a person of African, a free man of African descent is prohibited from being in possession of a gun or powder. Um, And then uh, persons of African descent are prohibited from testifying against this new group of humanity called white people. Mm. Unbelievable. And so that, that's, yeah, that, that free society um, that existed before where persons of African descent and persons of European descent shared the same, the same context Mm -hmm. that that was completely dismantled and an entirely new organization of society put in place. One that had a a much lower bottom to it. And that bottom was designated exclusively for, for tribal people and persons of African descent. Uh, And so those were the laws that we, we, we did a show on called anti-miscegenation. And most people think that, it is uh, uh, exclusive to, uh, uh, you know, intermarrying or interracial marriage, uh, marriages, and it's not mm-hmm. a lot more than that. Absolutely. Yeah. And much more complex, much more. Much more complex. So, yes. I, you know, I think our next conversation is going to be, you know, okay, so what happens after, you know, uh, 100 years or so uh, of... Mm-hmm of this Good. new law, this new social structure, social order that has been put in place um, uh, in this country. Uh, and then, you know, obviously this, this uh, was able to uh, easily allow, allow for chattel slavery. Uh, and we can easily see the uh, generational trauma uh, and conflict of where African-Americans uh, and people of color in this country are as as it is in relation to uh, of white people. And I know that you always use white people in terms, you use quotation marks, uh, the air quotes, <laughs> uh, when you use <laughs> white people, because you have uh, come to realize that um, this designation of being labeled a white woman or white person uh, comes with a lot of baggage that you are saying, hey, I, I don't want to, I don't want to carry these bags. Uh, I, I, you know, if, if we, we need to make a separation and a distinction between white uh, and whiteness. Is that correct? Well, I, I guess I want to be clear that I, I mean, I do carry the baggage. You know, I don't. It's not a matter of choice. It, it comes with, it, it comes with landing, you know, emerging within a society that has been structured as this one has and being labeled white. And so that, you know, that is my baggage. This is my baggage. Um, and because it's my baggage, um, and, and I would say the baggage of this nation, um, we, we need to, to see it, to, to face it, to know what we're facing, um, so that we can, if, if we so choose, if the, if the ideals of this nation remain our ideals, ones of, of liberty, of equal opportunity, if those are our ideals, then this is clearly, this construct called white people has been and remains a, a roadblock to the realization of those um, national ideals. And we need to, to see that, to understand it, so that we can dismantle it and and more closely realize the ideals that we claim um, are the ideals of our country. 
Fantastic. Are there any other aspects of Baker's Rebellion that we did not uh, uh, address uh, in this uh, particular conversation that we need that that uh, particularly our kids need to know? Um, I think that we've covered we've covered the key the key points. It it's far more complex as is most things. Um, tend to be in history, and if anybody, um, any listener wants to explore it, I, you know, highly recommend it. It's a very interesting, rich, nuanced um, historical moment, um, and worth knowing about for to to understand something that that Philippe we can talk about a hundred years from this historical juncture of Bacon's Rebellion, and that is this construct called race. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this moment is, is a really important one to understand um, before we can even begin a conversation about this concept called race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's do that. Let's uh, uh, continue the conversation uh, and, and continue to unpack this uh, hard history and hidden history uh, called America. I appreciate you, Doc, for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, The Battle Lord, Birth of a White Nation is the book. Go get it, Amazon.com, and uh, download it. And also, uh, Dr. Battle Lord has been very uh, kind uh, and generous to create a five-day uh, free e-course. Uh, and how can they get that e-course, Dr. Battle Lord? Well, if they go to, um, if they plug in their browser, Battle Laura, B as in boy, A-T-T, a-L-O-R-A freeecourse.com. So that's Battalora freeecourse.com. Uh And you can really uh, dig deep into Bacon's Rebellion, the invention of white people, how uh, this new designation of humanity came to be, why it came to be, and then the aftershock and the after effects of what has happened as a result uh, of these laws being passed. And then also you'll receive, uh, I believe in there, there's a three-part video webinar uh, series that is uh, unbelievable, a PowerPoint presentation that Dr. Battalora has uh, presented around the world and uh, can uh, easily uh, be used uh, to educate your children, but um, to uh, perhaps have the whole family come together and really learn uh, true American history uh, that you thought you knew, but you really do not know. And uh, I really appreciate you, Doc, for doing the work that you do. Thanks again, Philippe. Take care, everybody. We'll see you. Well, we won't see you on the on the radio show. We'll hear you next time and listen to you next time on the Sweet Matthews Radio Show. Take care, everybody.